ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. What's up? Oh, we're busy. Just busy, busy, busy in the little wood factory. <laughs> that's about it. How about for you? Santa's workshop. Yeah, that's right. All the elves are giving her. <laughs> yeah, but it's better to be Santa than the elf. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, well, then I'm wondering who Santa is because I'm just an elf here. <laughs> I'm the delivery elf. <laughs> He can pack. So I, I take my little Civic, my little 2002 Honda Civic, and uh, I can fit about 100 packages in the trunk. And they're just, they're very, I've got a very particular way how I put them in. I stack them and this and that. And uh, oh, it's, it's, it's so funny how, you know, this thing I've, I've thought about is that as we, as you do anything a lot in life, you develop very interesting systems. That we're so far removed from where you started. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like like the way that we process this wood and stuff. Like I would never have thought, that, you know, to think of the product that we make. Be like, okay, I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to do it like this. And even like I'm a, I don't know if it's like OCD or whatever, but I'm, I have to do everything the way I want it done, right? Like so I'll, I'll, I'll cut all my boards and I've got a certain way that I stack them and then from here they go to there like it is literally it's not just like oh, yeah, I just put them wherever there's stuff. it is choreographed I'm like okay I cut them here they go there and then once they go there they go here when they're here they lose I even like uh, the numbers that I work on at a time like okay it's 30 and 30 and the waist oh it's it's so weird but man it gets it makes you so efficient you know because it's like and you have to do that with the limited space and the number of product that you're putting out yeah yeah volume for sure you know, I was talking to Steph and the first year, so this will be our third Christmas and like third Christmas rush and the second one that we're actually doing pretty good, like as far as not, the first one was absolutely insane. Like it was, Steph was getting up at four o'clock in the morning, working till 11 at night. And like, I remember coming down and the kids would be putting the strings on the signs and they had all the signs laid on the floor. And so they're, they're like kind of kneeling with the glue gun, putting those things on. What is this? And I remember that first year, I was like, just a minute. I said, I'm going to be right back. And I went to Canadian Tire and I bought four of those plastic folding tables and, and set them up. And the kids are like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, why, why would you? You know, and it's, I mean, I've got experience working. They never did. They just kind of do what they have to do. And it's like, okay, get, first of all, get on your feet, right? You're leaning over like that. It, it's slow. It's horrible for you. And, uh, now you're going to be a little more comfortable. And they would have like uh, quilts on the floor because the concrete was so cold. <laughs> and they're like kneeling and sitting on these quilts. And I'm like, okay, now. Then I went and got those anti-fatigue mats that you buy for a kitchen, right? I'm like, hey, now stand on this. Like this is, we have to think this way because um, we can maximize things. And, and now it's like, it's crazy. You got, even like the packing paper we use, they used to cut it with scissors. And I'm like, why don't we just, you know, the kind that you can just pull and tear, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we can buy those for like 40 bucks. And now we got two of them. And it's, it's all these little tiny things. And I look at our system that we're doing this year compared to that first year. It's unbelievable. And we were pushing our best days back then on the first year was like 30 signs out in a day. 
And now we can get 100 out by 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just, un, you know, three times the production and half the time, literally. So we've probably gotten six times better from the first year. That's, that's pretty fun. That's kind of a fun part of it. And uh, yep. we still Same finish. production goals. Yeah, yeah. We still finish with enough time. Usually you can watch the hockey game as a family, so that's kind of nice. I just work late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, uh, I discovered after I came back from England how much time I had left in my day to myself when I didn't, you know, watch sports all the time anymore. Yeah. I get it. Like I, the only thing I watch is the Calgary Flames play hockey. And I don't yeah. have any problems with uh, people who do it. I don't understand some of it. Like the people that know everything about every player on every team and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, the, and yeah, most of the people who have the most information in their head have played the least sports in their life. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> like statisticians. Look at yeah, I don't get that either. You know, you'll talk to people or like I remember working down the States, obviously football is huge there. And, you know, you'll be you'll be hanging out with some folks and two guys will, you know, the say the baggage ramp Southwest Airlines is like, oh, do you see this? And they start talking and like the, it, you would think that they actually know everything that has happened in the NFL for the entire week. And I'm like, how on earth do you keep up with this? Like, it's crazy. I don't I don't get that, you know. Um, My, uh, I have a relative that is really, he watches a lot of football, baseball, but he understands, you know, both points of view. He's not uh, one of those, what do you mean you don't like football? Um, and we were at a family gathering and the, my relative that knows everything about everything, um, stat wise was just talking local high school football, right? Mm-hmm. And into the weeds with it, with stats and <laughs> how many college, you know, how many state championships they've won and when and what year and who played and blah, 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 blah. And uh, talked for hours and I, I looked at the other relative, my brother, and I'm like, Joe, wonder what this is doing for curing cancer or solving unemployment or I don't know something having to do with something. Yeah. Cause everything they talked about for hours means squat diddly up to anything except that game and that player at that time. Yeah. You know, in, in six years, you know, when their knees are gone and they can't play pro ball cause they were never going to play pro ball. They're back at the used car lot, you know, or working <laughs> yeah. for their father-in-law, you know, hating life, beating the wife. <laughs> yeah. What does all that mean? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. In fact, in cases like that, and I know two people that were um, like all state athletes or all national athletes mm-hmm. that failed afterwards. Yeah. Because, you know, the majority do. And they're, they're, they live in that time in their head. 
Yeah. They wish they were still that player. They've never picked themselves up, dusted themselves off, and done something. Mm -hmm. They're alcoholic, wife-beaten jerks. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, what's that state championship do for you now? Yeah, yeah. Nothing. You'd be better off had you never done it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then you wouldn't be holding on to the one thing you did your whole life. Oh, my God. I think that has a lot to do with culture that they're brought up in, though. Because, like, there's some place, like, I've seen it in the States and stuff where, like, literally that is all that matters, right? Like, it's like, oh. And we have that same culture in hockey here. And it's the same thing, like, and and some parents, they just, hockey. And it's like, my kid this, my kid. And you you send them. And, you know, there's a, we were... We weren't there, but we were kind of getting close to that point, to the point where we're like, okay, yeah, we're going to spend a thousand bucks to send my kid to like a two day or three day skating clinic. Or, you know, we've spent, I think, like two grand or something to send Isaiah to a five day goaltending clinic. And I'm like, that's stupid. Like, that, that, when I look back, I was like, man, we were pretty obsessed with it. And at the same time, like, I have a cousin, uh, Jeff, and he had a full football scholarship to McGill. And, you know, very prominent, like, okay, yeah, he's probably going to, tall dude, nicest guy on earth, like, absolutely greatest guy, he's one of my favorite cousins. I mean, I'm 6'2", he's 6'7", and, like, we were the two tallest guys in the family, and he was always incredible. Like, I was really good at tennis, and he was a lot better than I was. But anyways, full scholarship to McGill, played a couple years, ended up getting hit and blew out his knee, like, surgeries on his knees, ended his career. But you know what he went on. It was funny because it was like, oh well, it was a lot of fun. At least my, at least I had you know most of my education paid for, and he's a lawyer now, and like he lived, you know, he I think he lives in Toronto now. But you know that's the other side of it. Everybody's like, yeah, he's he's probably going to play NFL, not just CFL, because CFLs, you know, it's where where you go when you can't make college football or something. But people are like, yeah, he'll probably he's probably going to get drafted to the NFL because he was amazing, right? And uh, never went to his head. You know, he'd win. He used to be like, I, he ranked, I forget how good he was in Alberta motocross. But he'd go win motocross races. We'd be at a family reunion. He's like, oh, yeah, I just got to go to a race. And we'd go watch him. And he'd just crush everybody. Take his helmet off. And he's like, okay, you want to go play Lego? And, like, literally just the most down-to-earth guy, probably the most talented athlete I've ever met or, or been related to. But, like, literally, it wasn't a culture thing. And his dad, like my Uncle Dale, he's like, well, yeah, you're just pretty good at it. And they'd go take him to the track. But when they're done, that was it. And it's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, his dad loved playing old country music and stuff. And it was interesting because phenomenally gifted in that area. But they, I think they treated it properly. It's like, okay, it is what it is. I'm really good at this. Cool. And this can get me to university. Cool. Maybe this will be a career. Cool. And then I was like, well, it's not my career. Cool. At least I've got this education and now I can have a career. You know what I mean? Like, but so many parents, I think it's kind of like, oh, oh, my kids, this is my kids. And then, you know, once the game's over, all they're doing is sitting there talking about the game. Well, he should have done the right. Did you see this beauty? And it's like, come on, man. Really? Like, there's more to life than just sports, you know? And I love sports. Like, I think it's a very important part about our culture and it's a good way to recreate. And I think there's value in it, but like, Man, the obsession in the the industry, and it's like, oh, it's like that's when it becomes kind of crazy and health. Even the the fact that professional athletes make so much, and I I understand, I get it. They bring people into the seats, and people pay, and I totally get that, right? But it always seems weird to me that you know you have a professional athlete that makes more than a firefighter 
or law enforcement or military. You know what I mean? Because like, whose job is actually important? Or a sanitation worker? Whose job is more important? The sanitation workers or the NFL quarterback? You tell me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's weird. <laughs> oh, well. <sighs> I got a new bike, Todd. Another Surly? Yeah. yeah <gasps> shocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't. It's more shocking on a week when you say, oh, I didn't get a bike this week. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. I, you know, and I told myself, is it okay? I'm good. I'm good for a while. I don't need any bikes. And then, well, you know, proud of me that we talked a couple, well, maybe a month or two ago about that cargo bike, the big dummy. And I didn't buy that one. That one was available for weeks. And for weeks, it, it stared at me. You know, I'd open up my app and I'd be looking at Surly and then like, I'm still here. I'm like, oh, no, but this one, this one's actually, it's probably, it's not for me as much as it is for my boys. Cause they're like, they're almost, I don't know, they're only a couple inches shorter than I am now. And, um, and so Colby likes, my oldest likes to ride my Moodlander. So I've kind of lost that bike to him, except in the wintertime. He's not going to ride in the wintertime, which is what I bought it for. Uh, and then. My second son, Isaiah, he's got a cross check, but his is a, I think it's a 54 centimeter frame, and this one's a 58. So this, I actually, I did legitimately intend to buy it for him. And then I just kind of moved the seat up a little and sat on it. I'm like, ah, I actually kind of really like this one. <laughs> but I'm like, oh man, it's a question that I can't answer. How many bikes does one person need? I mean, it's depends on your situation. It's zero or one. Like, if you need it for transport, then you need one bike. And if you don't need it for transport, I don't need a bike. <laughs> so then it's like, how many is too many? That's a better question. <laughs> oh, it's good. So I got three Surly cross checks now in the garage. Well, shipping container. I don't know. As long as you're not you know, taking food off the table, <laughs> not paying your bills, selling your kids, selling yourself. <laughs> is my kid needs yeah. to come by a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is funny because, like, so you get a surly cross check, and there's so many ways you can do it up. It can be single speed, it can be geared, you can have drop bars, flat bars, and all these things. Every bike has that same thing, with the exception of, like, you know, carbon fiber mountain bikes or road bikes. And that might be why I'm not attracted to those things, because the way you buy them is pretty much the way they stay. Like, yeah, you could put different components, like the shifters and stuff, and upgrade that. But you're never going to make the bike look any different. You're never going to swap out the handlebars on a downhill mountain bike for something that's radically different, right? Because you get these other, I call them the alternative bikes, like the ones that, you know, you could put the, the French style bars that kind of come backwards sweeping or road bars or flat bars all on the same bike. And I was like, okay, so that that's a different bike market. You know, and that's, that's one that not a lot of people dabble in because it's not mainstream, you know. And so you look at a cross check and I'm like, man, I could do this up five different ways and I would like all of the ways. They'd all be my favorite. I'm like, I want a single speed version. I want a fixed gear version. I want a geared version. And in amongst those different versions, I want to, you know, flat bars, drop bars and some other things in between. So I'm like, I probably could use five Surleys, <laughs> five cross checks. I was checks. about to say, well, then there's your answer. You need five cross checks. Yeah, right? yeah. And then when, so that's the cross check. Now, what if we got rougher train? Now we need karate monkey type things, more mountain bike. Same thing there. <laughs> you can build one of those up a, a dozen different ways. So it's like, wow, I don't know. Maybe I'll, 
Maybe I'll be the guy who dies with 40 Surly's in his garage. That'd be okay with me. It's, too, hey, it's, it's better than some of the things I've heard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I keep saying, am I done buying bikes? I'm like, no, no. And I, I get good deals. I, and I kind of feel bad because I think a lot of these people need money around now. Uh, things are pretty bad here. Things are, it's not good. Um, you know what? You've so. lived your life correctly. And now you can benefit from other people's sorrow. I mean, not misery. I mean, yeah. Uh, something. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, you know, I mean. It's the ant and the grasshopper or whatever that parable is. You know? Yeah. Do you prepare for bad times that are cyclic in nature? Yes. Do you? No. Well, you know, what do you got to sell? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. You know, I used to feel bad, but I just don't. The older and smarter I get, the or wiser uh, to this, to the bull crap of our society, mm-hmm. uh, I don't feel bad. No. You know, you see these people that, oh, my God, I'm on welfare. I can't feed my kids. And they got an 80-inch plasma, <laughs> seven PlayStation. I don't feel bad for you. Yeah. I always find it funny when you go to, like, say you drive by townhouses, right? So there's, like, four houses in one building, and these people in the townhouse, but there's, like, a brand-new Chevy Suburban parked in front <laughs> or, like, a brand-new Mustang. And, I'm like, so you... Wow, it's great. Or like I've seen trailer parks. They got convertibles like live in a trailer. And not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Like if I freak I lived in a fifth wheel, like an actual RV for two and a half years. Now, that wasn't that was like just a, a intermediate thing. There was a step in the process, but some people are like, "Oh, yeah, I can't afford anything but this." And it's like, "But your car is worth like probably I don't know, 3, 4 years of rent payments on your house." Like, dude, man you know and and it's true like i i don't feel bad because it's like yeah these these people it's like okay i spent way too much and i literally can't buy you know I, I got car payments i can't meet i've got this and this and this it's like see i don't have car payments and i drive a car that you would probably laugh at like my car sucks compared to yours but you know when when times are tough i can go out and <laughs> get these toys at a heavily discounted rate because you need the money right now you know yeah, the, the Honda needs 29s on it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. God. Yeah. Do you know I saw this thing that is at 20, 20, I've lost two years or three years. Inflation in Canada has gone up 4.7%. Or 47 Yeah. And the wage increase has gone up 1.3%. And it's like, oh, it's crazy what's happening here. Like it, it is like, and that's kind of the one thing I'm like, I kind of feel bad for these people. It's not like necessarily that they're just working less than before. Like, oh yeah, I quit my job because my boss is a jerk and I got to sell stuff. It's like, it is getting so bloody expensive to live here. It's insane. Like fuel prices and food increases. It's just, it's, it's so, every time we go, like, like I'll order uh, shipping supplies. I was noticing this. Like every two weeks, each item costs me about $2 extra, which doesn't look like a lot, right? You could buy a big, huge roll of bubble wrap, like a 500-yard roll, this monster of a thing, and it's like, you know, 152 bucks. And then the next day, next like three weeks later, it's 154 and then it's 156 And it, it 
you know, you think about it, it's like, ah, whatever, two bucks, and that's a big roll. It's going to last for, in the rush, it'll last for a week. But it's like, that's that's insane to see that increase all the time, you know? Like, it's crazy. It's, uh, I don't know, it's it's not a sustainable trajectory that this, <laughs> this government's well, on. No, <laughs> I've said since before June of, June of next year, July of next year, we're going to have some sort of collapse yeah. economically. Yeah. And you're talking about inflation in the U.S. We started 2021 with 1.2% inflation. We're currently at 62 Oh, wow. Yeah. And the- we, are, we have the highest currently uh, since 1990. Wow. Um, come on, people. And the same thing. It's not like wages are going up accordingly, right? Like when when that well, happens. The only thing that's going up accordingly is the free wages. Yeah, yeah. Government handouts. Ah. Yeah. No, you know, wages aren't going up, you know, but there's jobs out there. And, well, I'm not going to say wages aren't going up. Some wages are because they can't fill those jobs. Yeah. Um. I almost went and got a job. Just because it was paying so good? <laughs> and this is a job, and there's one here locally. It's working for a fast food company, but not in a fast food store. Mm-hmm. It's about a $10 an hour job, up to 25 an hour, because I can't find anybody that wants to do it. Wow. That's crazy, hey? I'll do it. Yeah. For that money? You betcha. And there's another company. I don't want to drive for this job. I don't want a job right now, but um, there's a job closer to Nashville um, working for a major corporation uh, industry. And you're the guy or gal or whatever you are that fires people. That's your job. (laughs) Oh, that would suck. Oh, no, it wouldn't. (laughs) I think it would. <laughs> no. Are they good Bob, employees? how you doing? Awesome. Get a box, will you? <laughs> Are they good employees or bad employees? Oh, no. They're firing trouble employees. Oh, okay. Then I, I could do that. Oh, like, I'd do it in a heartbeat. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, hey, um, so how do you think you're doing for a job? Oh, man, I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. You lose. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Put put a little slip of paper in each hand that says you're fired. That's right. (laughs) Bob, I got good news and bad news. Pick a hand. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so that's I'm obviously fired. Right. You yeah. said you had good news. Well, it's good news for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good news is it didn't matter which one you picked, you're still fired. <laughs> good news is you couldn't have picked the wrong Just, one. <laughs> don't move, Bob. Don't move. I need to collect your cheers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're so mean. I like a little salt in my coffee. <laughs> that's right. Oh, we're horrible people. <laughs> no, we're not. I know. I know people right now that need to be fired so badly. Oh yeah. The yeah. universe cries out every night. Yeah. 
for these people to be fired, and they're just not. Yeah. No, it's true. I agree with you 100%. And then the couple of times that, you know, one of the reasons I got hired at one of the agencies was I was good at that job, I was a good manager, and they needed some poor employees weeded out. Yeah. And I understood the game that you have to play as a federal manager to get rid of bad employees. Mm-hmm. I just under, it's a game. You got to understand it and it's a long game. It's not a short game unless there's crime involved, right? Yeah. So if they're just underperforming or lazy, it's a long game. You know, it might take 18, 24 months to fire somebody. Yeah. And you just got to know that it's a game. Mm-hmm. And don't get frustrated, just Keep doing what you're doing. And if you can turn the employee around, so much the better. Yeah. And, you know, there were six of them. I only had to fire three. Oh, well. Found one job she could do and was happy at. And she's, you know, excelling beyond reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the employees was only doing what she was getting away with. Came in, got rid of the first one. She went, oh, um, Mr. Tide means business. Let me get to work. Yeah. And she is now excelling beyond expectations. And, you know, the other two knew they were like, oh, you're not going to fire me. Oh, wait, he did fire me. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. I'm without a job. Yeah. And then the one lady was like, the day I'm firing her, well, what about my kids? Don't you care about my kids? Nope. Don't even know them. Haven't even met them. Yeah. Don't even know if they're real. Yeah. <laughs> Why How would I? How can you fire me when I got kids? How can you come to work and not work? Yeah. The reason you know every day you come to work, it's for your kids. You know, putting food on the table, saving for education, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And but one of them at least was honest. No, I work for my money. Hmm. My baby daddy, he pays for them. Rug rats. I mean, this is her attitude. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. I need to call family services as well. Yeah. But the only one I ever felt sorry for, and I shouldn't have, I know this, but I, I can't help myself, was the elderly lady that we had to convince that she needed to retire now before we fired her because she was an alcoholic. Mm. She would come to work at 8 in the morning drunk. Oh, wow. You know, and she was beyond the ability to stop drinking Hmm. because if she kept drinking, she was going to die. If she quit drinking, she was going to die. Yeah. Because your body gets into a weird place with cirrhosis of the liver that either one will kill you quick. Yeah. So, um, and it hurt less for her if she just drank. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you can't drink here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I uh, I had to fire one guy once, and it was in Burbank, California. And it was uh, our maintenance guy that we had hired there, and it was pretty serious because one of the Southwest Airlines ticket counter ladies uh, said that there was, um, oh, what do you call it? Not sexual assault, but sexual, you know, the innuendos. or Harassment? Yeah, harassment, sexual harassment. And so that's obviously a big deal. Like, like the Southwest, it was like Southwest corporate that called my dad said, listen, 
one of our ticket agents went to our manager, station manager, blah, blah, blah. Sexual harassment's going on by one of your employees. We need to get this gone now. And so it's like, wow, it's something you don't take lightly. So uh, I don't know why. Like, I was kind of in charge of the maintenance program there. I never hired this guy, uh, but nobody else was available. So I literally, they called me up and said, listen, Jeremy, you're jumping on a plane tonight, and you're flying there, and you're firing this guy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, no. This dude was a little taller than I was and bigger than I was. He wasn't, like, ripped muscular, but you, you could tell in his young days he was. Super nice guy. He was a cool dude, uh, liked motorbikes, and me and him got along great. But uh, anyway, so I get off, and I, I called him when I was, like, taxiing, and I'm like, hey, I don't know, probably shouldn't use ah, his name's Well, I won't use his name because it's a very unique name. Uh, but anyways called him I said hey I'm just I'm just taxiing in right now are you in the office he's like yeah and so he goes okay I'll come meet you at the gate I'm like no I can come there he's like no I'll come meet you it's like come there and the first thing he says he's like holy crap are you okay I was like what are you talking about goes you look as white as a ghost (laughs) he says I know why you're here like it's not a big deal we just have to do the formalities of you know I I totally understand it he said I said some things I don't think they were taken the way that I said them But he said, at the same time, I probably shouldn't have said them. Uh, And I said, I don't need the details. Like, I'm not responsible. I'm just here to to lay to fire you. He goes, no, I totally get it. He goes, but first, he goes, do me a favor. Sit down and breathe. (laughs) And I had no clue. Like, I felt nervous, but I wasn't like, sometimes. You fire him and he feels sorry for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And I mean, like, I was probably like, I was probably like, I don't know, 25 at this time and, you know, running a healthy guy. And I've had times when it's like, okay, I need to sit down. I'm going to faint. Like when I get into hospital, I don't do well. Like I get woozy, you know, Steph cut herself once when she's cooking and I was in there and the doctor was giving her stitches and he looked at me, he goes, you need to get out of here. And then he sent the nurse to help me walk out because I was about to faint. So I know what it's like when you're about to faint. I didn't feel that. But he goes, dude, just chill out. You are as white as a ghost. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, you a little nervous? I'm like, yeah, I'm terrified. He goes, don't worry, man. I know I'm getting fired. He's Uh, walking you through the firing (laughs) process. (laughs) And he's like, all right. He's like, well, take care, buddy. And like we loaded up his tools and his truck and got his badges. And and I was like, thanks for taking this so well. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. Now just chill out, okay? Just... (laughs) Just breathe, go get a hamburger and a beer and enjoy the rest of your night. <laughs> yeah, that was the only time I've ever had to lay anybody off. And you know, But the whole time I'm flying in there, I'm like, oh, great. What if he goes crazy? Like this guy, so he's, he's uh, you know, sexually harassing these people. Like what else is wrong in his life? And if I fire him, what if he picks, what if he's in the shop and he picks up a hammer, right? Like even if it was a fist fight, I'd lose to the dude because he's a big guy. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm just like, oh, and I'm like, we were buddies, but I don't think we're going to be friends anymore. And yeah, no, he took it so good. <laughs> but, and luckily, as soon as that was done, then this, obviously it wasn't super serious, right? Because if it, if it was like literally uh, the day the complaint comes in, the day I showed up there that night and fired him. So that was enough to make whoever, I don't even know the person. I don't know any of the details. I didn't want them. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to know what you said. I'm here to do one thing only. He said, if it goes beyond that, or if people need to hash the details out, that's not something I need to be involved with. I, I don't give a crap. <clears throat> and obviously my thinking is that what he did wasn't that bad. If as long as him got being fired, you know, satisfied 
the person that was the victim, I guess, in this situation. But yeah, I, uh, I, I got the opportunity to do a couple of those, but uh, or take care of uh, some sexual harassment issues or complaints, and but one of them was the kind of complaint I don't like, and I think is a bunch of malarkey. And it, it just felt good to, you know, let her know that you can't ruin somebody's life like that. Mm. You know, he didn't do anything wrong or she didn't do anything wrong. You just suck as a human being. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is literally what happened. And she said uh, it was something different. But the elevator in that building has some terrific surveillance, high def, mm. video and audio, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what he did was they worked together. They weren't working in the same office. They were very. They weren't in the same cubicle. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're fixing. The, they're waiting on the elevator. He's like. <clears throat> You know, how's this? How's that? What's that? You know, small talk. And he's like, you mind if I give you a compliment? Elevator door opens. They get in. Nobody else is in there. Elevator door closes. They push their button. He's like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, as long as it's nothing crazy. He goes, you you know, in the last week, you've told me you got a new, uh, you're seeing a new guy. You've changed your hair, your makeup, your clothes. I just want to let you know, you look fantastic. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. Sexual harassment. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to rape me. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. No. Idiot. Yeah. And <clears throat> she was lying about the new guy. She did all that stuff to try to get this doofus's attention. Yeah. And then he says something nice to her. And she said, oh, sexual harassment. Mm. I'm like, that's entrapment. Yeah. You know, you wanted to catch his eye. Then you did. Then you want him fired. No. Yeah. In fact, you need to go back through the harassment training to find out what it really is. In fact, I want you to go talk to Mary up in accounting. Um, she was a real victim of real harassment and assault in the workplace, and now she talk, she's voluntarily talks to women about what it really is. Mm. You know, <clears throat> it's not somebody going, oh, you know, you changed your hair, it looks good. Mm-hmm. That's not harassment. That's a compliment. Yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> Just uh, like you changed your hair. Ew. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was listening to an Order of Man podcast this week. You ever listen to him? No. The Order of Man. Uh, so he had this guy, uh, Greg Ellis. Have you ever heard of him? Yes. So this is part two, and very interesting because he kind of got screwed over by his wife and it's very fascinating. Like I, I'm, I'm really not good. Like I'll listen to information and I hear it and understand it, but I have to hear it like four or five times to be up to be able to like properly explain it to somebody else. But uh, he talks about how the family law system is set up in the U S and how horrible and corrupt it is, uh, how the way that money's distributed, it actually encourages families to be separated with, different issues and stuff and how states can actually make it. Uh, he, he calls it, 
I forget what you names it, but it's interesting. You said like the way the money's allocated, you know, if you can get kids into foster care, the the state gets way more money than if there was like a reconciliation or if the, the kids could stay with one of the parents or something like that. And uh, he calls it child trafficking, like literally for like pri- privateering, like literally just doing this for money. Very fascinating podcast. So like Greg Ellis, he's some type of an actor or something like that. Um, yeah, I know he is. Yeah. I know part of his story, not from a podcast, but from him. Yeah. I think you might. It's a, I recommend people to go check out that episode. It's actually, they call it part two. I never listened to part one, but on its own, it stands just fine. But very interesting. And uh, I like his, he's got like foundations, uh, like keep families together. Like even in, in times of trouble, this and that, like it's not the worst thing you can do is let the state have custody of kids. And he said, when you look at the way the system set out, as soon as the state has custody of the kids, the state profits massively. And a very, very interesting podcast. But Yeah, the state I used to live in was not one of those states <clears throat> that profit. It cost a buttload of money. And I volunteered as a, uh, a CASA, court-appointed special advocate for kids. And our goal was to <clears throat> put them back with the family mm-hmm. safely. Yeah. You know, and also were acted as investigators for the judge and only the judge because sometimes the, you know, the social workers are lazy or they lie or they're really good, mm-hmm. but you don't know. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, so the judge needs eyes and ears. So they're making sure they're got the right decision for the kid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, we did, I did one. This guy, it was this little boy that was getting the just but Jesus beat out of him on a regular basis. And the mom was saying it was the dad. Well, everybody thinks, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's normally a dad that's the abuser, blah, blah. It was never the dad. Mm. But boy, that mom railroaded him. Yeah. Yeah. He would, she would, she went this far. All right. And don't ask me how I know this, how we found it out. Um, she would put prescription sleeping pills in this guy's beer or whatever he drank. Mm-hmm. So he was out cold and then would damage his knuckles or his hands. Oh, brother. To the point where he even thought he got drunk and beat his kid. Wow. And he never did. Not mm. one time. That's evil. And the, the son, the whole time, he wouldn't lie. It's not my dad. It's not my dad. He wouldn't say it was mom, mm. but he kept saying, it's not my dad. It's not my dad. Yeah. And my first conversation with him, I said, nobody believes you. I'm going to be honest with you. Not one person you've ever talked to does not believe your dad didn't hit you. Period. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's start at the beginning. Who actually hit you? What do you mean nobody believes me? I'm telling the truth. Okay, you're telling the truth. Prove it. And then we walk through. You're trying to teach a seven or eight-year-old about evidence and proof Mm -hmm. and honesty and adult stupidity. Uh, Hundreds of years of, yeah, it's normally the dad, but sometimes it's not. But you got to prove it. Mm -hmm. And he finally just said, you know, it's my mom beat me, but I'm scared poopless to tell on her yeah because she doesn't just i mean she was torturing the kid and mm. uh, um, found out found some proof uh we gave him a toy that had a 
like a nanny cam hidden in it. Yep. And caught some of the stuff on video. And he even knew he was going to have to take one for the team. So yeah. we had proof. Wow. He even knew it. He's like, you know, I've been beat so much. What's one more? Mm. And I'm like, nah, no. And I was dead set against it. But, you know. Man. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Oh, you know, that's like child abuse is something that just makes my blood boil. Like the thought of that happening. I'm like, I don't give a shit about the court system. I don't give a shit about anything. If I found out for a fact that somebody I knew was beating their child, they would just disappear. They would go. They wouldn't they would let go me away. interview mom alone. Yeah. No, I couldn't. They I wouldn't. couldn't stand by and just be like. Anytime I started talking about her, my hands would start shaking. Yeah. I wanted to kill her. Oh yeah. Slowly. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Revive her just so you could do it again. For years on end, <laughs> yeah. because you know. Because that boy's going to have to live with the rest of his life. Yeah. No. Um, he's graduating college now, and uh, pretty su- he's going to be a success. That's, he is. That's cool. That's. I, Dad was awesome once he got away from Mom. Hmm. He worked uh, double shifts uh, to save up the money to move his sister and her kid to live with him. So she could babysit, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because he knew he would have to work, but he didn't want, you know, anybody else raising his kid. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's crazy. And isn't it a shame that stuff like that happens? Parents get caught, and then our stupid court systems, our stupid, it's not even, you can't call it a justice system because there is no justice. Our, our damn government is like, oh, okay, well, Oh, slap on the wrist. You know, don't do it again. It's like, no, 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 no. This person should be brought out. They should be hung in the streets. Oh, yeah. They're literally beating their child, their small child. You have forfeit your right to life. And you know what? Even in this cancel culture where you can't say bad things, I will go on record all day, every day, five times on Tuesday, kill those people. Maybe I will do it myself. Like, not a chance. You know, I'm so sick and tired of everybody pandering to a retarded government. Bunch of freaking morons are running the show, and we're all just going, Ooh. you know, we went and, uh, like, I got on my new thing, and I don't wear masks anymore. I'm like, no, screw this. This is fully stupid. And walking around Costco, I've got no mask on. Yes, there's a bylaw in place. The city of Calgary actually just voted that even if the province lifts the mask mandate, they're not going to. <laughs> so... Looks like the city of Calgary and, and all their wisdom, they're going to say that you, you're going to need to wear a mask over your face for years to come. And I'm like, you know what? Nope, nope, nope. You guys aren't smart enough for me to do what you tell me to do anymore. You've had plenty of chances. I've lived under the submission to my government and the authorities. And, you know, just in this last little tiny bit we call a pandemic, you have made so many bad decisions and lied to me so many times that you will never, ever have my trust again. And I'm a free man on this world. I answer to one entity, one person, and that's God. That's the only person I answer to ultimately. And so everything else I'm going to do based on intelligence and sound judgment that I make. Okay, does, does a mask stop a virus? No, it doesn't. Does a mask make it difficult and uncomfortable for me? Yes, it does. 
Is there scientific evidence proving that these mask mandates are going to fix everything? No, there is not. And what's more, we've all been wearing masks and numbers have been spiking. So cool. Also, I don't have COVID, so there's really no reason for me to wear a mask. If I'm healthy, then cool, good. I'm taking off my mask. And then people look at you and some people are like, wow, that's cool. Wish I could do it. And then we went to went to Costco liquor store to get a couple bottles of wine. And I walk in there and the guy that's working there, it looks like a, a sorry beat down man. He, he So what he looks like to me, at first I thought he was like some internment camp, you know, prisoner of war or something. Super skinny. Thin, thin hair and really long, wispy hair. Dirty, round glasses on. Just looked like a real a, a pathetic shell of a man. Probably weighed 90 pounds and was probably like 5 foot 10. I'm like, man, this guy's just a, an old. He's probably like 60 years old. Anyways, he was mad that we didn't have masks on. And so we got two bottles of wine, set them on there, and uh, grabs them, ding, ding, like this. Does this little thing of the till and then takes about five steps back and puts his hand behind his back and just looks at me like this. <laughs> and I started to chuckle. <laughs> I, was, I was going to say to him, but I thought I don't want to. I'm not trying to be offensive here I, and, and I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just saying for me, it doesn't make sense to wear a mask. There's no, there's no intelligence behind it. So I'm not doing it. Like if they tell me that to enter the grocery store, you need to walk backwards. I would probably walk forwards because there's no sound reason to walk backwards. They say, oh, you're going to prevent the spread of COVID if you walk in reverse. Mm, okay, yeah, no, I'm still walking forwards. You, you go ahead. If you give me some sound reasoning and some a good reason to do it, I'll do it. But if there's no good reason to do it, it's just control. And anyways, I started laughing. And I wanted to tell the guys, like, you just, just stay scared. You're so much easier to control that way. But it's funny because I think so many people like seeing faces like I know when I see somebody without a mask I'm like I like seeing the face I like seeing a human face and I'm not like a touchy-feely uh, emotional kind of a guy but would I rather see a human's face even if they're ugly <laughs> or a mask it depends the extent of the ugliness <laughs> I'd rather see their face you know there's something like human beings need that connection and the mask is a way to just take it away. It's like, no, no, you, you can't see that we're all human beings here. You don't get to do it. It's so funny. And I'm like, you know what? There's, these governments, they're absolutely incompetent. You know, we, we got a, a, a little wiener schnitzel at the helm, Justine Trudy, who says, the, the budgets will balance themselves. <laughs> and then the morons vote from in again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 checked out of the, the retard game of uh, obedient citizenship. I'm I've fully checked out. Like, nope, screw that. You government, you don't control me. You do not. You're supposed to be a civil servant. You're supposed to work for me, and it's just flip turn. You know, it's pretty good that uh, they're trumping Biden's. Uh, like OSHA is not accepting Biden's stupid mandate. Hey. They're the ones that came up with the idea. Yeah. They're just getting overturned. So they're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah. I see <clears throat> I see little victories going on. Like now, it used to be, say, if I flew down for a business meeting to the States, uh, if I got a COVID test the day I left and it was negative, go there. I still have to get one in the States on the same day to come back into Canada. So that doesn't make much sense, right? Um now it's 72 hours, so they've leaned that out a bit, so three days. So I'm like, good, okay, some of the restrictions are easing up. Some of them are. Um, 
And then this mask mandate, the only reason they're doing this is because we're in another state of emergency. <laughs> People have got the cold. <laughs> and so hopefully once this is done, then we can be like, hey, I don't know. I'm just, I'm done. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I'm out. I think uh, ski hills, because this RCR, uh, they did the mask mandate. And so we just emailed them, said, give us our money back. Or the vaccine mandate. Said, okay, fine, give me my money back. And now they've got super sales on right now. Fernie's doing all kinds of stuff. If you stay at a hotel in Fernie, you get like $200 spending card for the town of Fernie. And I'm like, man, why don't you guys grow a pair of balls and say, no, I don't give it. Like, they don't have to. These ski resorts, this one particular, Fernie, it's all the same group. They didn't have to implement a vaccine mandate. But they did. I was like, good, good for you. You're going to be a retard. You're going to you're gonna play the scared chicken game, live in fear. Well, good. You won't prosper like that. No one prospers when they live in fear and obey their government, their controlling government. You know when people prosper? When the good, honest people of the world work hard, make decisions, and the government gets out of the way. Everybody prospers. Everybody. Capitalism is such a beautiful thing, but it doesn't work with governments that are in place right now. You know, I start a business, I'm selling stuff, I'm working hard, okay, I need more employees. Well, now look at all of my neighbors potentially have a great place to work that didn't exist before. Oh, but you, you can't, you're making money. It's like, no, this is a good thing. Industry comes in, we're working here. Now you can have a job and then, oh yeah, I, I need more people. Now your brother can have a job. You know what I mean? People don't get it. It's just like, yeah, it's like, so cool. Make me wear, make me have a vaccine. You don't get my money. I've got money to pay you, but you don't get it. I'll go to Lake Louise because you know what they're doing? They're actually bringing in uh, outside concession trailers because the, the province is mandated you can't be in anywhere that serves food or you can't sit down there. Um, but they're bringing in trailers so that if you're not vaccinated, you can order and they're putting picnic tables up outside. Well, guess who's going to have a record-breaking year this year, <laughs> regardless of what ski conditions are actually like? You know, good for them. Good for them. Bowing down and obeying every government mandate is a sure way to ruin your life. It's crazy. It's crazy. Supply chain issues now. Also, you see all the flooding in Vancouver? Vancouver? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Man, things are thinning out on the shelves here. It's getting it's getting crazy. Yeah, our uh, limits have been put back in place around here. Danette went to Sam's yesterday, and they're like, oh, you can only buy one of something, right? Really? I'm like, I told you a month ago this was going to happen. Yep. Who didn't go to the store a month ago? You. Yeah. And now, look at you. Anyway, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're in the same boat as her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> look at you. You couldn't buy food. Like, look at you. <laughs> you eat the food I buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're starting to do like, some. Like, what you've done to me. <laughs> That's right. It's about me. That's right. Well, you know, they had, they started doing, like, uh, when they did, like, milk limits and stuff, I just went in there, and they're, like, limit of one. And I'm like, uh, I've got six people in my family. I've got four children. I'm buying two. Like, we're not supposed to. I said, I really don't care. I said, you either sell me two or else I'm going to steal one because I'm coming out of here with two and I'll just carry it out in front of you. I said, I, you are not going to keep me from feeding my family. End of discussion. Full stop. I'll drive my pickup in here, load it all. I said, you can make this as bad as you want, but I'm walking out with two jugs of milk. Okay, fine. Just don't tell anybody. It's like, why would I tell anybody? 
And why would anybody care? It's not like I'm just going home and drinking these myself while watching TV. I've got kids, freaking moron. But yeah, no, we're starting to do some big stocks. I'm like, oh man, who knows what's going to happen. I need to buy my motorcycle tires for next year because uh, the lady at the bike you shop. You order them now, you might have them by then. Yeah, well, they have some in stock now, but she says they're not getting any. She said literally if you wait till like March, it, you know, when guys start thinking about bike stuff, so there will be no tires. So if you want them, said so we've got lots of inventory right now. She says if you need tires for next season, you should buy them now. So I'm gonna get those, and who knows what else? I've been thinking a lot about doing. Uh, I don't know. You know, we had a dream when we came out here about homesteading, and and I don't want to go fully as much as I wanted to then, but I kind of I'm like I had a lot of things set up that were kind of cool, and I've just kind of been like, okay, slowly put those away and shut them down, and I don't know. I think I might start doing a little bit more. Get a little bit more into that. The one thing is when we did all that crazy stuff, we scaled up so fast and it was so much to deal with at once. But at the same time, every facet of it we learned about now. So I know what it's like to keep goats. I know what it's like to keep cows. I know what it's like to, I mean, we still have chickens. That's the only thing we have is egg chickens. But it's like, you know, if you had meat chickens, I know all about that process. It's not that difficult in and of itself, you know. When you add that to like 47 other new animals you're trying to figure out, that's a different story. But I'd like to do a little bit more homesteading stuff, a little bit more self-reliance. Yep. I think it's wise. It is. Um, very wise. I want to get me a big old generator that I could run. Actually, I should see. So so my parents are selling their farm, which is kind of sad. Um. <clears throat> But, you know, my dad has a 50 by 100 foot shop there. It's got a huge barn and he's got all kinds of stuff. And he's selling like he's got a half section of land. And so they're they're parceling off. I think it's 19 acres or 20 acres that like the homestead's on. And so he'll still own the farmland and he still will rent it out. But um, he has a it's a big Lincoln diesel welder and the big ones like the one that takes up an entire truck bed. And I, I know this because I bought it in Texas. Uh, it's just outside of Lubbock, Texas. Was bought it, brought it up here. A lot cheaper to buy it there. And I was finishing a job down there. But that thing would power an entire city block. And I'm like, dead. <laughs> they're, they're building a house in Strathmore. I'm like, you don't have room for that. How much, how much you want for your welder there? <laughs> Something like that. Like a big old diesel genera- generator like that. You hook that up. You know, you get a slip tank up, up on stilts. You fill it up. You could power a house for like a month. That'd be kind of cool. Little preps, you know? Yeah. And um, have you ever heard of a Niemi pump? A who? Uh, what do they call it? Niemi? Simple pump, it's called. Simple pump, sorry. It's a, it's an American-made water pump for a well. And you know, like the old school ones with the lever? It's just like that, except it's all modern, right? So it's machined aluminum, uh, nice precision fit on the different plungers and seals and stuff. We had one when we first moved out here because we didn't have any power before we put our trailer. I wanted to be able to get some water because we planted three trees right off the bat, just three trees, and I need to water them, and we had a well. And it works good. I forget how many gallons a minute. You should look it up. It's just called Simple Pump. And, yeah, 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 one of the uh, old-timey pumps. Yeah, yeah. A hand pump. Yeah. Really brings up a lot of water. 
And the cool thing about them is that you can use them in conjunction. They will sit on top of your well and they won't interfere with your traditional, like your, your blinds that are your, that go down there. Yeah, so a certain uh, idiot on YouTube that I used to watch installed one. Oh yeah. Wrangler star. <laughs> is that, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. That's where I got the idea from. And I actually bought one and put it up and we use it. And even when we first lived in the, uh, in the fifth wheel, we didn't have power and like we didn't have the power brought in yet. And so we actually filled up our fit. We probably lived on it for like three or four weeks with that simple pump. And then we had a generator so we could, you know, it was like we we're camping out in our field. But, um, as soon as we got power, we got a well put in, I didn't have a place to store it. So I sold it and they're expensive. Like I think when I paid like 2,500 bucks for mine or something, um, nice thing is our water level is only 40 feet down. So it's not like you have to pump like crazy, but even I'm like, you know, what? I should have one of those because who knows what, what's happening, what's going down. Right. Like I think, I think the economic fallout from this pandemic and everybody stay at home, that, that effect is coming. Like you, t- I mean, like you're talking about something's going to give here. And I, th- I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. And it's like, even simple things like. If you don't have electricity, obviously we're kind of screwed with with heating our house. But there's ways we could do it. Uh, but water, you need running water. You know, little things like that. Yeah. That it's like even if we were without power in the middle of summertime for like two days, which we had been, like they they swapped out all of our poles, and so they had two days. They'd tell us, say, listen, we're shutting the power off at this time, and it's going to come back on at five o'clock. But you know, there's about eight hours that we didn't have any electricity, so we didn't have any running water. You know. Little things like that, I think, is worth uh, spending the the money on and the time just to set up. So if something does go down, it's like, cool. I'm not I'm not in a panicked. You know, obviously, it's not going to get you through. It's like, oh, I'll live through the apocalypse with this. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to be like, oh, okay, cool. Power's out for like two days. Don't panic. Let's just get this sorted out and see who we can go help now. Yeah. Yeah. Not worried about zombies. I just have. Two teenage boys, and I'd like to be able to flush. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. More importantly, their sisters would appreciate it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I, I really want to, I've been thinking about that. Like, I, I have a lot of time to think when I'm making signs. And I've been thinking, like, man, I really want to start doing a little bit more of the homesteading stuff that I that I kind of really was excited about and put a lot of effort into in the beginning that we were here. But Yeah, I'd like to start doing a couple of things, but, you know, the minute you do it, YouTube deletes you. Yeah. Or Instagram or whoever. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad... Uh, uh, Grantham's Instagram was deleted. Who's that? This past week. Who's Grantham's? Grantham. Um, he's a huge uh, Pew Pew YouTuber. Oh, okay. Huh. He's actually active duty military. Hmm. They deleted his Insta, hey? Oh, yeah. He said something about the Rittenhouse trial or something, and you got to go. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. You're not allowed to have any uh any thought that goes against what they think. 
Yeah, I saw an interesting quote. I forget exactly how it goes, but it says, uh, truth doesn't mind being questioned, but lies can't stand up to any resistance, or, or lies must silence any questioning, or something like that. And it's true. Yeah, I, uh, I saw a meme where, uh, you know, you take a, an image of something and then you label the one part, whatever. Well, there was uh, Dracula getting hit with sunlight and he was like, ah! and on Dracula was all the mainstream media labels. And then the sunlight was labeled the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, somebody I thought was all about, you know, truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, real truth, fact, uh, on social media. Uh, he said that uh, he's drank the whole uh, coronavirus Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, mm-hmm. no. And he's an insider um, on, you know, just how corrupt government can be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the in the shadowy world of three-letter agencies, mm. okay? Yeah. And I'm like, really? You, of all people, you know, there are some things I believe and some things I don't. Why? Because I did my research, mm-hmm. you know? I believe that, you know, both sides, if you take a little bit of both, mix them up, divide them in half, and you got some good information. But Yeah, I uh, agree. It's whatever. You know, it's just you can't. Well, here's an example, and I don't even know who the, who the person is. I didn't know who they were before they were on a little news blurb, but they were like the – Fauci of a different country. Okay. Right? And they were just fired uh, and jailed for a day, uh, probably, you know, beaten and threatened, but they changed their narrative completely. They were like, you know what? I don't know what this is going to make this better, but I tell you what, if we just let people be people, those that are going to die are going to die. Those that aren't are going to get immune. Maybe that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's pretty. And the, the doctor who's also a scientist that I talked to that I believe most of what he thinks because he can prove it, you know, at least as far as that goes. Um, he has been since day one. You do you, right? Mm-hmm. He believes that you know human beings have a fundamental right to make their own choice. However, if you want my advice, this is what I would recommend that you go do, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he and he gives some recommendations, and he's like, but again, he's a doctor and a scientist. He works with dying people. That's what he does. And he's had COVID twice. He's had, you know, all of the shots and the booster, and he even took part in the trials beforehand, the beta trials. He's like, this is just going to happen. It's what people aren't telling you, mm-hmm. you know. It's based on the common cold. Yeah. You 
you can't be immune to it forever because the antibodies die in our body. You know, it's one of the virus antibodies we don't hold on to forever. Yeah. They have an expiry date. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he said, so if they're trying to, you know, get information out, they need to use the right information. Problem is people don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, because if everything that Steve said is actually true, you oh no, people don't want to hear that at all. Um, but everything that I've listened to or read and researched that makes sense to Todd is, um, we all need to get back to normal. You want the virus, the vaccine, you take the vaccine. You don't want it. You don't want it mm-hmm. because the only if you want the vaccine and then you're going to get a booster, like you get your flu shot every year, you do that. The only people you can possibly hurt are those that chose not to get vaccine. What do you care? Exactly. They're taking the risk. Exactly. It's their right. Yep. 100%. Ugh. And it, 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 people, the old conspiracy theorists, but it's like, okay, so. You know, if if I don't want it, why is that such a big deal? And why is the government pushing it so hard, right? Like, ah, I just don't get it. You you know. And there's a lot of a lot of people in power. They don't know. They're they're so used to knowing, right? Mm-hmm. Getting some facts, making a decision, and they're relatively sure. Right, they're not like say ninety eight percent sure this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is going to fix it. No one knows with this, and it makes them so uncomfortable. They hold on to something with a death grip, mm-hmm. and you can tell um, that at least in part with some people that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That I don't know, so I'm going to pick one of the choices that seems to be the most popular, and I'm going with that. And and at this point. You can't come back off of it, yeah. Because then you look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So fear—it's a lot of fear-based, but not fear of the pandemic. It's fear of not knowing, fear of failure. That's some of it, mm-hmm. you know. With some of the people, there's money involved, obviously, for the pharmaceutical companies and the kickbacks to politicians. Because um, there's always been a lot of that. Pfizer gives so much money. Uh, and because they have to, because it wouldn't be Pfizer would have been driven into the dirt uh, in 2001 over the anthrax problem had they not started giving billions to politicians. Mm-hmm. I know, like, and and that's the thing is that if you say uh, if you say, no, there's an agenda here. There's something going on behind the scenes that is not about people getting sick and keeping them safe. That's not. I think it's people think you're insane each, if you say each that. Each little. Each little cast of people, politician, business, industry, mm-hmm. idiot on there's they all have their separate Yeah. Um oh God, what's the word? Uh, Interests. Their own agendas going yeah. on. Yeah. They're all going in the same direction, you know, COVID, but they have different agendas. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. And it's funny. I can't think of a, and I have tried. I can't think of a single other example that's been like this other than war and COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, 
And maybe this is like the new war. Maybe that's what war is like now. I mean, I will uh, tell you this. Um, do you want to? You want people to think Can-Am Soup's a conspiracy theory podcast? Um, we'll talk about the global war on terrorism next week. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look at we got a topic ahead of time. That's pretty cool. Well, we've always got a topic. It's just you know, this one's premeditated. You know, what do you talk about it on, on the water cooler on Monday? Uh, that's what this is about. Yeah, exactly. It's just for the last almost 24 months, it's been the same hot topic. Yeah. And it's something Come that... on, people. Yeah. It's something you need to talk about so that you can finally just beat it and win. Yeah, because I really... Actually, what I wanted to talk about today was... Um, I was watching something on YouTube that YouTube told me I wanted to watch, mm-hmm. right? And I, just to see, uh, because well over half of the recommended videos I've already watched, hmm. and I have my little red line on them. And I'm like, do you not, can't you figure out what I want to watch? Yeah. You know, I thought you were all, all knowing algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I watched this one that it said, hey, you want to watch this? And it was the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life that somebody could spend money on, and that's what I want to talk about. What's the most idiotic thing you've seen people spend money on or have as a hobby? Now, everybody has a right to do what what they want as long as they're not hurting anybody else. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, to me, it's idiotic. Mm -hmm. You know. That'd be a good topic, too, for an upcoming show. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to making fun of good old YouTubers. Yeah, that's right, hey? <laughs> oh, did you see uh, Camarada's couple of new ones? I haven't had time to spit. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. I like, I, he has another one um, where he's dragging stuff up to the mountain to his new property. Oh, good. Just what what could go wrong? Ruining <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I'm like, really? What could possibly go wrong? That's <laughs> funny. You know, it's, oh, wait, this thing's stuck. Get a bigger chain and a freaking D7 bulldozer. Really? That's funny. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, I wish, like, there's, I'm so behind on YouTube, uh, but so caught up on podcasts because doing all this manual labor, I'm like, I, I could, I was like, Man, maybe I could just run it on my computer there. But I'm like, no, that will slow me down. Like, I will be distracted. Um, so I'm like, I can't, like, I can't have visual component to it. Cause I got to obviously look at these signs. I got to make sure, okay, this piece is not good enough. Throw this away. And I'm like, ah, oh. so audio, audio, audio content is all I've been doing. And, uh, and then, yeah, Sundays we take off, but that's, uh, that I usually like to just vegetate. Don't really want to be watching stuff, but it's busy. And speaking of that, I should probably go back to it. Yep. Back to the factory. But thanks a lot, Todd. Yeah, before somebody flies in and fires you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Please, please fire me. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Is today the day I get fired? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Can you fire me today, Steve? I I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, your punishment is get back to work. Yeah, no kidding, eh? (laughs) Yeah, I was hitting on the boss, and I didn't even get fired. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's a wholesome thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Right on. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. All right, man. Always a pleasure chatting. Absolutely. It's been a – I can't believe how fast it goes. I know. And I think – what are we – this is like 40 or 41 or 42 episodes. And that yeah, was, I just uh, renewed my uh, – auto-renewed the subscription for my uh, transistor. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, well, we've been doing this a year. Yeah. Oh, my. You're putting them up, and then I think we had like five or six before that that we didn't. No, maybe it was like three that we'd recorded that weren't released because the audio was too wasn't good enough. It was weird. They were weird sounding things, but we thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed, and uh, we should be back next week with another episode. Absolutely. See you all next week.